0: You're going on lion mating season is terrible.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 they, so, they uh, our guide said they mate 42 times a day, <laughs> so it was like every 15 minutes because they're nocturnal, so it was at night time. <laughs> so <was> like, <laughs> every 15 minutes, you'd hear it, and it was like, All right, the lions are still there. <laughs>
1: And you can hear it from a really long ways away.
0: They're very loud. Yeah. But we saw... <laughs> they don't care. Who knows? <laughs> they don't care. This is Brecken.
1: And Jonathan.
0: From the Gym Junkies. And we are back.
1: Yep. Back from a...
0: The I was going to say The Land Down Under, but it's not really called that. No, that's not true. <laughs> Back from the bush.
1: The bush.
0: Yeah, that was a, it was a long trip. And so kind of our idea this week is just to check back in with everybody and let you know what we've been up to. Um, I am way too jet lagged right now to give anybody any gemological knowledge. I don't know how you feel, Jonathan.
1: Yeah, definitely
0: not. I've been waking up at 4 a.m. and I'm having extremely vivid dreams from the malaria medication. (laughs) So, Africa. How did it start, Jonathan? We left from Salt Lake City.
1: On a plane. On
0: a plane. Uh, Easy flight to Amsterdam.
1: Yeah, we had a nice layover in Amsterdam with some amazing food and some sightseeing. And if you haven't been to Amsterdam, you should go.
0: It's It's a great city.
1: Great city. Beautiful canals. Nice people.
0: I was a little nervous because some people call it the Las Vegas of Europe. And I hate Las Vegas. Las Vegas is probably one of my least favorite places in the world. Well, I mean, we go there nine days for work, so I maybe it's because I associate Las Vegas with just really hard work. I don't know,
1: Maybe.
0: but I, I don't like Vegas, so anyway. I was a little nervous about Amsterdam, but it blew me away. Beautiful, yeah. and the coffee is amazing.
1: Amazing coffee. Even
0: Jonathan drank the coffee.
1: Yeah, I with couldn't even
0: with with oat milk. Not yeah. goat, oat, oat. So oat, it's called a plant based beverage because you can't call it milk anymore. <laughs> but. Anyway, Amsterdam was great. We had a wonderful layover um, there and back, and then off to Tanzania, Kilimanjaro yeah. Airport.
1: Kilimanjaro Airport, right at the base of Mount Kilimanjaro.
0: Yeah, it was and super cool. Uh, we did not get to see Mount Kilimanjaro
1: the whole time we were there. It was
0: covered in clouds. Covered in
1: clouds. Very disappointing.
0: Well, the, t- the top was covered in clouds. We could <laughs> see it was a huge mountain,
1: <laughs> very big. Yeah, but
0: the top, we didn't get to see the top of it.
1: No. So then we went to Arusha, mm-hmm. which is kind of we the gym nearly capital. We
0: died on the road going oh to Oh my Africa. gosh, we had
1: the craziest driver between the airport, like... He'd been waiting like three hours for us. Well,
0: the problem is customs and immigration. Let's just start there. And half the people that arrive in Tanzania have visas. Like, we had our visas already, and half of the people don't. Because if you're just a tourist, you can get a tourist visa when you land. Well, the lines were running into each other, and nobody knew where to go. And if you had paid for a tour, the tour guide would come and get you and move you to the front of the line. And it was just chaos. Chaos. They needed about 20 minutes with me. And I could have... It not Streamlined the whole... Structured the process. Because <laughs> I was... And it was hot. And everyone was grumpy because it was like a, a nine-hour flight. Yeah.
1: And it was nine, ten o'clock at night. Yeah.
0: Everybody wanted to sleep. <clears> anyway, the driver had been waiting for three
1: hours. And, and so... And he, he drove really like he really to needed home. to
0: go to the bathroom or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like 90 miles an hour on a two-lane highway so traffic semi-trucks coming trucks straight at you
0: and i get really car sick so it did, it wasn't it was and it was an hour it was an hour long still... Trip.
1: yeah it was still 45 minutes to an hour but still we made it we made
0: it to a, a nice little hotel called Kibo 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 Palace Kibo Palace yep and Great hotel, clean, everything was wonderful. The next morning we got up and went to, met our friend, and went to, I guess, the the buying room.
1: Yeah, so we went to his, his uncle's office, and his uncle has a cutting team of seven cutters, the three of which are Sri Lankan and four of which are Tanzanian. Mm-hmm. And they are an amazing... Amazing cutters. Just the 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 way that the the main the head guy. His name's Anthony. Anthony. And Anthony is a Sri Lankan cutter, and he can look at any gemstone and just any piece in of like Thirty seconds, he can look at that piece of rough, and we'll send we'll put up some pictures of the rough. And in thirty seconds, he he knows what it will weigh when it's done being cut and polished. Mm-hmm. What shape it's gonna get the best return, like, and if there's any inclusions or anything like that, that are gonna be a problem. And he can look at it in like thirty seconds, maybe a minute tops,
0: and tell you all, and
1: tell you all that. It's it's amazing. And then he when he preforms, like we we can put up a video of him preforming, and he can preform from which is a preform is the the beginning before you actually polish the facets. So it just gives you the general shape, but he can preform a piece of rough and in under five minutes. Yeah. it's, It's crazy. It's crazy.
0: But so this office is kind of like the wild West. What, what happens is in Tanzania, you have all these people mining and they want to sell their rough. So his uncle is probably the number one, rough buyer in all of tanzania especially right now with the new laws and regulations
1: but yeah so we should probably mention right. that is that uh from the beginning of the year they have made it illegal to export rough out of tanzania so everything,
0: everything has, has, to, be has to be cut faceted in tanzania now. And
1: the, so the problem with that is, is there's only about 100 cutters in the whole country of tanzania And so it creates a major, it's creating a major issue.
0: Yeah, big issue. Um, But so what people do is they have rough to sell. They come up the stairs. They're greeted by a locked metal gate and a man with a rifle. And if they know you and you have sold to them before, they let you in. If they don't know you, uh, they'll kind of check you out um, and they'll stay with you the whole time with the gun if they haven't ever with done the armed guard, yeah with yeah. the armed guard if they have never done business with you now in order everything's done in cash okay so you buy and you pay the person in cash the largest bill they have in Tanzania is 10,000 shillings which is the equivalent of $4.40 US so, so what
1: yeah if at one point he had to buy a $20,000 Piece of rough
0: twenty thousand US.
1: Yeah, twenty thousand US.
0: Piece of a uh, spinel, pink spinel, baby pink. It was really pretty.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, seven carats that he uh, as a faceted stone. I'm not quite sure what the rough weighed, but he pulled out bricks and bricks and bricks and bricks. Okay. And then some more bricks, and then he brought out a whole other garbage bag full of cash, and they stuff it everywhere.
1: In their, socks, in their
0: socks, down their
1: pants.
0: So you always want to wash your hands after you handle the money because you never know where it's been.
1: <laughs> so then you either he either says yes he'll pay you or no he won't and so and some people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what they did uh, for us was we got there in the morning and the market has been really slow, especially since the new regulations. And what what we did was oh we just went and got coffee. So they paraded the the white people up and down the street they were like, hey, we have some people here. So by the time we got back from coffee, there was a long line of people wanting to sell rough because... Which when we got there in the morning,
1: there was no one. No one. So it was very funny that a matter of... Like half an hour of travels the coffee. fast. <laughs> so it yeah. was it was kind of interesting. So we bought some
0: We bought uh, some rough lotus garnet, we bought some mint garnet, some purple garnet. Beautiful, beautiful purple. Yeah, the purple garnet is what I'm most excited about. It's yeah. going to be And we had and we, and the fun thing is we got to tell them what we wanted cut. Like I want um, Some matched, matched pairs. pairs. So we sorry. want
1: ovals or cushions, and we want these step cut and these brilliant cut. And so we got to have a lot of say in how the stones were cut, and we got to film it. And so getting to be there for the whole process was pretty amazing. Yeah.
0: I even had one cut as a cabochon. I'm super excited to see it. It might not be going anywhere. That one might stay. The purple with me. jelly bean. The jelly bean might stay. I Might stay know. with me. I don't know. A little memento from the trip. A little
1: memento. <laughs> so.
0: it could have been the four carat mint, but you know, yeah, I'll just yeah. take the purple garnet. <laughs> so we we spent a day in Arusha at the office buying and and kind of filming the whole kind of rough to polished gemstone. Yep. story. And then the next
1: day we went to the Tanzanite
0: mines.
1: <laughs> and so it's all government controlled and you have to have a business visa in order to get in and you have to stop at different buildings and get it, checked. Okay, passport. Jonathan is
0: really like sugarcoating this. We had to drive, we had to stop at what they called the migration office, but I think it was the immigration office so that they could check our visa. And we have to go there, which is a ways away from where the the gate is. So the Tanzanian government built a wall around all of the Tanzanite mines because they want to make sure they know what's coming out of there. Because they looked at the numbers and realized that Kenya and India were exporting way more Tanzanite than they were but Tanzanite only comes from Tanzania. So there was a problem there. So they walled it all off. They've got this big gate. You have to go in. It's very serious looking. And you can only go there after you've gone to the migration office. And then checked out that you're okay. And so we get in there. And we were told that we were the first international people to be allowed to enter the Tianzinite mine, since they've built the wall. Finished
1: the wall, yeah. Yeah.
0: And so we go into this very new office building on the other side of the wall, and they check our passports. We have to pay to enter. I think we had to pay $50 a person. $50 US. US per to go into the mines, and we have to sign a book. And the man at the desk was very nice. He, and he said, You are most welcome here. But here are the rules. Don't take any pictures of the wall. Don't take any th- and don't buy any gemstones. You're not allowed to take any rough. You're not allowed to take anything from the mine area.
1: But you are most welcome. But
0: you are most welcome. <laughs> and then we don't want to have any problems with you. But you are most welcome.
1: You will follow the rules with a big smile on his yeah. face, public, which was the best part. It was very hard to not to laugh because he was like so serious. That you were and most were welcome, sitting
0: there like, "Yes, we're most welcome." And I don't want to be in a Tanzanian jail, so I'm not going to touch anything.
1: And then they put us. Four across in the back seat.
0: Of an old Land Rover.
1: Of an old, old Land Rover, which you can also upload some pictures of that. It I felt like
0: Indiana in It was
1: like Indiana Jones. Jones.
0: Just bouncing <laughs> along. Because you're
1: not allowed to take your car from the outside to the inside or from the inside back to the outside because they'd have to completely go through your whole vehicle to make sure you weren't taking any rough mm-hmm. out. So they just keep the cars that are inside stay inside, and the cars that are outside stay outside the wall.
0: But we while we were there, we got to visit... Four different mine sites. Yeah. Uh, the cool thing is, I think we talked a little bit about it in the Tanzanite episode. That grossular garnet or our mint garnet is an indicator that Tanzanite is coming. So when they find clean um, grossular garnet, they know Tanzanite is coming soon. So a lot of our mint garnet is actually mined there as well. Pretty much all. Yeah.
1: Pretty much all of it is, is mined is mined within the within the Tanzanite area.
0: Hmm. And we met In with the Marilani the, Hills. In the Marilani Hills. Oh, that was also interesting too. So we call it the Marilani Hills, but it is really the Marirani Hills. There's an R instead of an L. And that's just because when the Whoever
1: t- did the first translation of it, there probably wasn't ever anything in writing. And so they were just listening. And they heard Marilani instead of Marirani, and so it's very funny, funny, funny. but all the signs are written...
0: Marirani. Marirani. But I think Marilani sounds prettier anyway. Yeah, it's true. So we met with the head geologist, the head engineer, and... And
1: they kind of told us about each of the different mines, and some of them had straight up and down shafts, and some of them had horizontal shafts. And so it was kind of interesting all the different ways that they that they do the mining.
0: Yeah, I, it felt really um, safe.
1: Yeah, yeah. Really everything safe. was very organized. They had, they had great equipment. Really
0: good equipment. We got to meet with the with everybody, and the miners were
1: really excited to have us there. Yeah,
0: we spent like fifty minutes. They videotaped us.
1: More and than we videotaped us. <laughs> yeah, it was very funny.
0: It was, and they were all super nice. And uh, I learned a few words. Uh, jumbo. Jumbo. Jumbo, which means hello. Swahili. Swahili, yeah, jumbo. So you'd say jumbo jumbo, and that was hello hello. <laughs> and then you'd say asante. Which is thank you, and I really had a hard time with that. I kept you, thinking of Ashanti. <laughs> <And> so,
1: <laughs> she was, It was very funny. She. It took her like. It a, took, me, it took her like a week.
0: I can pick get Ashanti, up yeah. I can pick up. Like I learned the first time I went overseas to China, that I got the best response from people when I could say hello and thank you. Yeah. Like ni hao, Shay, That's. All I and if I learn that in every language, people just warm up to you. You can say hello and thank you, and I just couldn't get it. But you know what? Every American child knows a word in Swahili.
1: Most, yeah. Kuna matata.
0: I had no idea that that was a real word. What's it mean? No No worries. (laughs) For the rest of your days. It's a problem for you. And they really use
1: it. Like It's, it's a phrase that is commonly used. I just it's thought they like. were
0: BSing me. Like, I really did. When our, when they picked this up and they were like, Hakuna Matata, I was like, okay, now you're just pulling my leg because that is not a real word.
1: But, <laughs> but it definitely think, is. It
0: is. So anyway, Hakuna Matata, Jumbo Jumbo, and Asante. 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 Hey, okay. More, more. Just... Um, but... I vast knowledge of swine eating. So, uh, anyway, the, all the mines were very different, too. So, one was just a claim. They hadn't even begun mining, but they were talking about how they were going to... It was going to be highly mechanized and have an elevator that goes down the shaft and everything like that. And they took us to a mine like that. And, um, overall, it was just a really great experience. And then I got strip searched. So... <laughs> So in order to leave the Tanzanite mines, you have to be checked. So, so they
1: go through all your bags. All your bags, and all your everything. Belongings.
0: I was expecting a, a TSA, like maybe a little more aggressive than a TSA pat-down. But the ladies got strip-searched by, by a female military officer.
1: But not touched.
0: But not touched.
1: Whereas the men got a great pat down and <laughs> an
0: aggressive TSA a pat ag- down and very
1: aggressive no backs of the hands with the uh, Tanzanian military and uh, so it was you know I don't know
0: it was an experience for sure when in Rome when in- I wasn't going to argue just get me out of the gate
1: <laughs> yeah. let me go home <laughs> just, just,
0: whatever <laughs> So that, was, that wrapped up uh, day two in Africa. Yeah. And then the next day we got to go visit uh, the Kitarini
1: School. Which we talked a little bit uh, with Oren on Sharing the Rough. We talked a little bit about uh, the Kitarini School. So the Kitarini School is right near a mining area where they're mining ruby and zoocyte. So not gem-quality ruby, but like carving-quality ruby and specimen-quality ruby um, in zoocyte, which is the same as tanzanite. But uh, zoosite in its kind of rock form, its carbon form is like a green, green color. So you have this beautiful red on green. So it's a really pretty, pretty colors. Um, So this mining area has popped up. And so they started this school like 10 years ago. And so it's
0: actually a school for Maasai children. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's mostly Maasai children. Wow. And Masai
0: is a, is a tribe. They're a tribe in the region that have maintained their cultural heritage. So they still live in, uh, like, mud huts that are built with cow dung and, and fenced with thorns so the lions don't get in. And they... They're a cattle-based society where the more cows you have, the wealthier you are. So a lot of the kids are in charge of um, caring for the herd. They take the herd out every day. And um, this school, the Kitterini School, is kind of changing that, and it's allowing them to go to school. And mostly it's because um, they provide the children with breakfast and lunch. So the children will come for breakfast, stay for school, and then have lunch and go home. And they have 550 children now and eight classrooms. So it's it's kind of mind-blowing to see there's eight teachers and a cook, and... The graduating class is right now 27, and that's about seventh grade, and then they go on to secondary school. And the incoming class of kindergartners is 133, and 133 kids in one classroom. It's hard to imagine. And so when we went there, it was, you know, you see what can be done and the difference that you can make in these children's lives.
1: Yeah and if you want to see more about it you can go to the com, mm-hmm. and that's who we support is the devon foundation um started by Nancy Shuring um, and uh, that's and they, they take care of all of the feeding of the children. All of the teachers and everything are paid by the government. It is a government mm-hmm. school. Um, but the Devon Foundation, and we support the Devon Foundation, takes care of feeding all of the kids every day.
0: And feeding is very important because it gets them there. It gets yeah. them there in the morning, and it keeps them through until the end of the day. And feeding 550 children twice, twice a day... day is is quite the feat one cook one cook two two pots two big pots
1: two big pots
0: over over flame over they burn wood they
1: burn wood so they burn the wood underneath there's
0: goats running around everywhere yeah i mean and but they're happy
1: yeah very happy
0: yeah so it was a, a powerful
1: day yeah it was a great day and we'll uh we'll post some pictures of us with the kids and maybe can we post a video yeah, we'll post a video of the kids singing.
0: We, we brought them all suckers.
1: Blow pops. Blow pops. So they loved that. They
0: loved it. So that was nice. And, um, and we have some, some ideas and some things that we're kind of excited to introduce to the school.
1: And if you'd like to help with that, they only have about 250 or 300 bowls. So they start with the youngest children first, and they get to eat, but they have to eat in a hurry so that they can pass the bowls along. And they wash them first, and then pass them along to the older students. So the older students have to wait to eat. They have so to. So the sit.
0: younger students have to eat really fast, and the, and the older students,
1: students have, have to wait to eat. So, so one of the first things we want to do is we want to take care of uh, getting the getting, getting, getting them some more enough noodles. bowls that each student can have their own bowl and they don't have to rush through eating. Um, so if that's something you want to get a you know help with you can contribute through the devonfoundation.com
0: but overall they were just super pleasant to be around and really happy chil- children some of them
1: walk as far as as far as 5 kilometers to get to to get to school and, oh,
0: with animals like yeah. they walk with elephants and giraffes. and giraffes while we were driving to the school we saw giraffes and ostrich and yeah uh, all sorts it's of things. It's definitely the bush. It's definitely the bush. But the, the interesting thing, too, is that so they mine this ruby and zoa there, but only in the last year or so has it become As kind of like mine. a boom town almost. Yeah. And it's kind of built up around the school. So you look at it, and it's this, it's quite the little town but everybody's living in, like, tents that are made out of blue tarps and corrugated metal roofs. So, yeah. it, I mean, it, they are building some houses there. Yeah.
1: yeah, there's a lot of building going on right now, but right now they're mostly living like that. Yeah. So... Yeah, so that was a good three-hour drive from Arusha on a really bumpy, bumpy road. road. And In our a driver minivan. had a minivan.
0: Oh, my gosh. And he took us to the airport again on our way back. This is just a side note, that same driver. And I was like, how is your van? Because by the time we got back to Arusha that night, it was idling. We like, it, super heavy. We thought and we'd I rattled
1: thought, it to pieces.
0: At, at one point during our visit to the school, he had the roof... the the hood popped open and was looking inside and he had some mechanics there and he said he lost a bolt or something and I got it fixed. He did. I was like, are we gonna make it back? (laughs) But so then we had the the next day we had the privilege of going to see the cutting school in Arusha. Yeah. And that was nice. Mr. Sala showed Mr. us around. Mr. Sala
1: showed us around. And so he, since they're trying to get up to that, you know, they're trying to have everything cut in Tanzania, this is something that they really need help with. And so they, he's been teaching students how to cut and polish gemstones.
0: Mm-hmm. And that was, that was really nice. He had about six students there while we visited. Yeah, while we visited. And, um... Just, and they learn gemology and about gemstones. Yeah, yeah they learn
1: how to look at rough and figure out what kind of a gems, you know, what gem it is and then how to cut it. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so as he teaches them a lot of different, a lot of different
0: things. Uh, and we support them again through the Devon Foundation.
1: Right, so they, uh, through the Devon Foundation we provide scholarships for students to uh,
0: attend the school. Attend the school. Um, then we had another day in Arusha. Yep. Fun-filled day of buying gemstones and watching them get cut. So, again, amazed and awed by the prowess of Anthony, the, the cutter. And wrapped it up with some delicious Indian cuisine.
1: Yeah, we had some really good food when we were there.
0: Off to safari.
1: Yeah, and so we went to Ngorongoro, which is a crater where all the animals went down into the crater. And, and they
0: can't get back out.
1: They can't get back out because it's too steep for them to get it get back out. Uh-huh. But there's water and everything that they need down and there. They're so cool. they're, they're just all living dead. a
0: great life. Their so, best selves down yeah. there. Yeah. They don't have giraffes down there because yeah. they're too uncoordinated to to get actually into the crater because <laughs> their necks are so long. Yeah, that's what they told us. Yeah, uh. but they saw there were baboons. There's about fifty one rhinos in there, but it was really windy the day we visited, so we didn't get to see any rhinos.
1: But lions Lions,
0: hippos. Hippos Wildebeest zebras.
1: Zebras and
0: beautiful birds. We and then from there we went on to the Serengeti.
1: Yeah, which is the most amazing national park. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was super concerned about bugs.
1: No bugs. No
0: bugs. There was no
1: bugs. I, didn't I don't know that I saw a mosquito by one the
0: whole time. T-t-fly. I didn't see a mosquito either. Our, so we sprayed all of our clothes and pre-treated them with mosquito and bug repellent before we went. And then we also had, like, lotion that we put on. But maybe we were super prepared or they just weren't there. Yeah. where we was the
1: season or...
0: We were there. It was beautiful. There, the weather was amazing. We stayed in a tent in the Serengeti and um, had
1: buffalo rubbing on our tent every night. Every and,
0: night, and we heard, we the, heard lions. the lions. <laughs> and we had elephants was, crashing through camp, and we heard hyenas. And it was
1: lion mating season, and there were so giraffes. I woke up
0: one morning to giraffes out out in front of our tent, and it was it was a beautiful <laughs> place. My favorite day in the Serengeti was our last day, and we had seen all the animals. Uh, cheetahs, leopards, lions, all your big animals, the big five. The only one we hadn't seen was... The rhino. The rhino.
1: The elusive rhino. The
0: elusive rhino. And so I said there were 51 in this crater. There are only 26 in all of... The Serengeti. ...National Park. And they keep them in one corner of the park to protect them from poachers and to be able to watch, keep an eye on them. And they're all GPS... Uh, tracked. They all have little chips in them, so they know where where yep. the rhinos are.
1: And and they don't populate very quickly because the young stay with their mother for over four years,
0: mm-hmm. four to five years. So and it's so not like you have a baby every year.
1: Yeah, so they won't they won't have another baby until they let that one off, and so that's four to five years before they can have another baby. Mm-hmm. So the population grows very very slowly.
0: Yeah. So we went to this area where they said the rhinos were, where they, they keep the rhinos. And we are looking around and we're standing up. It's a, it's an old land cruiser that has a pop-up top so you can stand while they're driving and kind of with your binoculars survey the land <laughs> and see if you see if you see anything. And um, finally we see this helicopter. And it, it kind of hovers in this one area for a few minutes and I'm like, something's going on down there. So we stopped the car and we kind of try to look down at the ground. And then all of a sudden we see all these ranger cars racing away from the area. And I said, okay, something's going on. And then it was like, should we go over there? Yes, we should. I want to see what's going on. So our driver starts radioing into all the other drivers is like, hey, what's going on? Has anyone heard anything? Has anyone seen anything? And our driver's name was Daniel, but his call oh, name M-
1: was Mamba. Mamba. So you hear it <laughs> over the radio, Mamba, Mamba, Mamba,
0: Mamba. Mamba. Roger. And Roger. Speaking in Swahili, or it's Mamba, Mamba, Mamba. And then Morris speaking, and they were all getting super excited. And I'm like, okay, what did they say? And they said, okay, it's this way. We're going to go this way. He talked to a ranger. Well, the rangers like to deceive people. They don't want you to know where the rhinos are. They're not going to tell you where the rhinos are. They would prefer you didn't know where the rhinos are because they're endangered and they yeah. don't want you finding them
1: easily. So anyway, we turned around after going the wrong way a couple of times and we eventually found... David. David the rhino. And so <laughs> the, uh, the veterinarians and stuff that all kind of keep...
0: Keep them. They name them.
1: They name them. So and this so, one was named David. We found out. That's what. Even, that's what someone told us. One of the guides told us. But anyway, so we eventually found David. He
0: was a little sedated because they had just uh, changed
1: out his chip, updated his GPS tracking chip. So
0: that's why we saw the helicopter hovering over the area and the rangers speeding away. Because I guess once they they sedate him a little bit and change the chip and then once they He are wakes done, up, he's a little grumpy. He's mm-hmm. mad, so they have to get the heck out of there. Um, but when we saw him, he was just a pleasure. Just standing out in the field with a bird on his back, looking at us. And we watched him for about an hour.
1: Yeah, and right across the road... On the other really side horrible. of the road was a leopard. A <laughs> up in a tree. tree. <laughs> so it was pretty cool we got to see a leopard and a rhino at the same place.
0: Yeah, it was. That was. So that was my favorite day. And we got to we got to stand up and feel the wind in our hair, and that was the best lunch spot too. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: So it was it was a great trip. Mm-hmm. Questions, or you want to know any more about anything that we did? We'll post some pictures and some videos, and feel free to.
0: Yeah, and our gemstones, all all of the gemstones that we bought over there, we should be getting back here in the next two weeks or so.
1: Yeah, and then we'll post some pictures of those as well, (laughs) the finished stones.
0: Yeah, because we have all the rough and the preform, but I'd like to also show, tell the story. Yeah. Show the finished stones as well. Um, We did have a question, though, while we were away that we need to answer.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay.
0: Chandler Uh, is a gym junkie fan, and him and a friend have some gym mines in Brazil and would love to know what they can do um, to sell the gyms they are finding. So I think if you're starting in the gym business...
1: The best thing to do is to check out the local export laws Mm -hmm. and know whether it's best to sell all of them, you well, move them all at once or to send them in sections, and then the best is to bring them to the U.S., um, is the it, during the Tucson Gem Show it'd be where I would recommend
0: yeah I mean if if you've never been to the Tucson Gem Show I would for sure uh, check it out first I, I'd come to the US and visit the show and then you could probably meet some contacts and people like that I know we do have friends in Brazil that have mines and there's something funny about importing and then exporting. So you'll wanna
1: Once you export, you don't wanna have to bring it back.
0: Yeah. So you'll wanna double check the laws. Um, selling to I think Tucson the Gem Show is probably the best place to get started because you can you see you meet all sorts of people there. You meet designers, you meet manufacturers, you meet cutters. You meet cutters, you meet other dealers. Other dealers And, and there's some
1: dealers we can put you in touch with. That might be interested in the rough. So, if you want to send us some pictures of the rough and then we can, and your contact info, we can take a look.
0: Yeah, we'd be happy to. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Gem Junkies. We'll be back next week with the gemstone for you. And if you want to see pictures from our trip or anything like that, you can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Parlay Gems. Bye bye. Bye bye. that <laughs>